the longer you wait, the energy dies. Sales is around energy. What you do is around energy. How much you make is around energy. And you are building that energy when you are on that call. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for experts who want to be the unapologetic leader in their industry. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. It's time to take your influence, income, and impact to the level you know you're capable of. Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I am so excited to be chatting with our guest today, who's the founder of women's business empowerment brand, Herpreneur, which is renowned for its transformative events. This amazing lady has built several multi-coaching and consulting enterprises. She's won three Global Women in Business Awards. She's the CEO and co-founder of the Remarkable Reverse Selling Method, and I was thinking about how I was going to introduce her and I was and I was thinking and I was like, this lady's a firecracker. And then I was like, nah, firecracker's a little. This chick is the bomb. So Annette, <laughs> welcome to the show. I am so looking forward to chatting with you. I love it. I love it. Firecracker bomb. I'll take it all. I'll take it all. <laughs> Seriously, you bring so much heart and so much energy into everything you do that, you know, as I was preparing for this interview, I thought we could literally go in a million different directions and every single one of them would be so valuable. But before we dive in, I'd love you to share what is it that you're currently doing and a little bit about your journey to where you are because you've been doing this for Mm. something like 17 years, right? Yeah, yeah. I keep saying 17, but I probably need to keep counting along now. (laughs) It's like my (laughs) mum never aged up to 58. She's 84 now. <laughs> but I also love that you said, like, you know, in any direction the conversation can go, and that's the beauty of us women as well. We just have this ability to map all over our brains, like there's 62 placements of communication to a man's three. Like we can talk a leg off a chair. And yeah. the crazy thing is when a woman has a stroke, she normally will keep talking where it will affect the frontal lobe will affect the male speech because that's where most of the communication stored. Oh, my goodness. But to get me to where I am today... Oh, goodness. I think what I always have loved is to be with people, hands down. Everything I've done, I I got myself a job when I was 12 years old, didn't realise I needed permission of my mum and my dad to go and get a job, but I suddenly got myself a job at the local market selling clothes and came home and said, hey, I've got a job. I love it. (laughs) And then went into the fitness industry and then from there, continually just followed the invitations, invitations to speak, to manage, to train. And I somehow got pulled into this beautiful world of business. And so I was in the fitness business training people how to build clubs and make money in clubs. And not that I ever saw myself as a salesperson, though what I saw as selling from a very young age was helping people get what they want. Mm. in retail when I was 12. But how I got that job was a man actually thought at the markets that I worked there in that clothing shop where I was looking at jeans for myself and the man asking for a size 34. So I didn't even know what a size 34 was, but I thought, oh, I'll just help him. He obviously can't see the tags. 
So I found the tags and I gave it to him. And then he just said, where are the change rooms? And I sort of looked around and went, oh, they're over there. And the man that worked in the markets saw what I was doing and said, did you want a job here? <laughs> and that's how easy. I love that. <laughs> and still to this day, selling for me is that. In the fitness industry, I helped grow a very struggling health club into a multi-million dollar business in a very short time. I mean, under a year, realizing that what I did was connecting people's hopes and dreams and how they wanted to feel in their body and in their skin and in their mind to a membership. Mm. So to be able to replicate that into no matter what industry it is, that's what Pete and I do today, my husband, with the reverse selling method is how do you get your customer to who want to buy mm. so you don't have to sell because mm. let's face it the most people don't like the hardcore selling we don't like it to be sold to in a hard way we don't like the ickiness of an uncomfortable follow-up call totally do you know so it's like how do we make sales so it's easy for you and the customer and that's really what brings us today with what we actually do now I love that so you've got such a, a varied background but I love that sort of sales is the the entry point and then that opens up to so much more and i think that's so important because sales is the lifeblood of our business mm. and there's so many coaches that have got real a lot of expertise a lot of heart a lot of you know really love for what they do and for the people that they work with but they're so afraid to sell and I know that with my clients, I'm, I always say, you know, people love to buy, but they don't like to be sold to. Mm. So, you know, you've got to get out of that thought that, you know, people don't like to buy because they do. How many of us have gone out if we're not feeling great and at some point in our lives bought something because it makes us feel better? Yeah. And I always like to think that, that when we, when we match the right product with the right person, it makes them feel better. Mm. And I'm hearing that this is kind of what you're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. It's joining those dots. It's joining dots from where they are now. Yeah. In whoever your client is or whoever you want into on board with what your your product does. And it's joining those dots and it's showing them the dots. And and you're right. If we sit in a space when we sell, and this is to all the coaches that are listening, you guys are, are probably already really successful. Mm. Though maybe what's stopping you to get to that next level is you're your own bottleneck of your business. Mm. You know, you may be too scared to to raise your prices. You may be too scared to have somebody else sell for you now. So now you're doing all the selling and maybe all the coaching and to up level now to your business again, it's how do you replicate you or how do you replicate your system or what is that bottleneck? Because if you could increase your prices by 20% tomorrow without your customers giving you objection, would you? Mm. And if the answer is yes, then you're scared of getting objections mm -hmm. and you need to be able to work your sales process to go, what do I need to do in my own self-belief or in my structure to show that value? Mm. If you truly believe that you prices up 20% more, if you can integrally say, I am worth that, but I'm scared to sell at that price. And I've been telling this price point for the last very many years. Mm -hmm. Then it's going, okay, what do I need to look at? Is it the psychology? Is it my, how I feel? Do I freak out when I'm going to go through the prices, the contracts, whatever it might be? Or is it not matching the value to really what I'm asking in my sales process? Mm. So it's a really good inquiry for that to really help them grow to that next level. Mm, I love that. So can you give us a bit of an overview of what you mean by reverse selling? 
Yes, yeah. And I can imagine that the people that are listening now, the audience that's listening, I'm sure, and I hope you do have some really great questions, really great questions that you are in a consultative selling space because you're a coach of some sort or you've got some type of business where it's service-based. And that's what we say the reverse selling method is. It's for service-based businesses. Mm -hmm. And the underlining thing is that the reverse selling is how do we reduce that buyer's resistance at the very start of the sale. Old school selling was always about build rapport, build rapport, build rapport. But we know now that sometimes that is like a trick just to warm someone up to like us to then be able to go in and, you know, sell. But it's like, do you really have a way to connect with your potential prospect and to be able to reduce that resistance so they can hear you and not have their objections in their head? Mm. The reverse selling method also goes through around it depends on the, the business because we build them as well. So we've got a program called Convert and Convert or Convert Club. We teach people how to build their own reverse selling method. So we teach them, we help them find their language. We give them the framework. We're not big on heavy scripts, mm -hmm. but we give them the framework of the starter conversation, the middle of the conversation, how to transition into the solution and link your solution based on their needs and that can be between 13 to 25 questions. And those questions, it's not about the question, Samantha. It's about how you ask a question after that customer or that prospect answers it. Mm. So if I said to you, what's your number one priority, Samantha, for wanting to learn? Let's just say for you guys, wanting to learn, you know, the reverse selling method. Yeah. It's what I say after your answer that's important. Because a lot of sales processes teach you ask the question, ask the next question, ask the next question, but there's no depth to it. Mm. We want to get the depth and the width. So by the end of it, the customer is saying to you, how do I buy? How much is it? I'm in. Mm. Because they've already made the decision 13 to 25 times before they've seen the price. Love it. If you've only got three questions in your sales process, then the decision-making continuum, like how many times that person loops around emotion, logic, emotion, logic, if they've only done it, you know, two or three times, they're not going to feel 100% eager to buy and they'll give you the objection, I'll need to think about it. Hmm. And that objection tells you exactly there in the logical brain, I want to think about it, not I want to feel about it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's because they normally haven't got enough questions to really ignite that emotion and really get the depth of that conversation. Mm. So the reverse selling method is really about how do we create a real impactful conversation through strategic questions and building questions around their answers. What is just absolutely standing out to me with a massive spotlight is that what you're helping people do is to build this framework so they're actually hearing people yes. and this is something that I'm really passionate about I feel that there's so many people in the world that don't feel seen and don't feel heard and that's why I do what I do I love that because I think that everyone should feel valued and seen and heard mm. and as soon as you're flipping from a script which is all about us as the business owner and what yes. our agenda is and what we're trying to say and moving mm -hmm. it to a framework that you can flow between and really use that framework 
to bounce off the prospect, that completely changes the dynamics of that conversation. Yeah. And you're exactly right. It's the the scripts give you inflexibility. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of women, because we get a lot of women that go through the program, it's they don't feel as authentic. Mm. So I'd notice, and this might sound a little bit sexist, but believe me, I love men. <laughs> I've got a husband, <laughs> I've got a boy, I've got a son. <laughs> I do know that boys love a lot of structure. Yes. The structure helps us know the steps, though the flexibility is the pure art of authenticity. And mm. what we do is helping them build it through the structure. It's actually the person's own IP. So we actually say with everybody that comes through the program that we have, we say to them, we're building your IP. This is your intellectual property that how you speak, how you serve, how you sell, and it pours their intelligence out, their natural intelligence out that they're not even aware of sometimes. Mm. And then they've got their own framework. So when they start to build their business and bring teams on, they're actually really got the culture already because it comes from that owner that's built it. I love this so much. What can you share before, and I do want to go into that a lot deeper, but I just want to kind of wrap this one up. Thinking about the sales process, what is important in the setup before we've actually had the conversation, Mm -hmm. what are some of the problems or the issues or the challenges that you see around how coaches set up the sale? So before they've actually even had the conversation. Mm. The more touch points, the easier it is. The more touch points for anything. We run webinars and we always used to advertise through Facebook. Then we moved to LinkedIn for the past year. And it's been incredible. So if anyone does webinars, I'm telling you, start running LinkedIn events because the show rate is out of out insane, insane. And so what we actually do is because we're doing LinkedIn now, it, there's so many people that don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's setting up for a sales appointment or setting up for a person to show at event, mm-hmm. because let's face it, it's about a 25% show rate if they don't know you, yeah, it's pretty low. So what we do is we start a bit of like the sell by chat process. So we'll see the person register mm-hmm. and then we will just message them. Hey, hey, Sam, notice you registered for XYZ. I've checked out your profile on LinkedIn. Can you tell me just in a couple of quick lines, you know, what's the actual product that you're selling at the moment that you love? Mm-hmm. And we will just start a little bit of a conversation. So I kid you not, our show rate is around 97 to 100%. Whoa. Kid you not. Kid you not. That is huge. It's insane. Never had it before. And this has been happening probably since, oh, I'd say about May, June. It's been happening where we're having, it's purely because of the touch points that we're building a relationship with them Mm -hmm. to do from our good friend, Tucky Moore introduced me to this, which is no like trust. Mm-hmm. How do they know us more, like us more, and trust us more to even spend their time to show up to a webinar? Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing then for a booked sales call. For whatever we want to call it, a discovery call, a consultation, a free complimentary session. It's what do you have as a touch point? And the other thing is the language that we use 
can make it or break it. So we never call Mm -hmm. anything an appointment. Mm -hmm. And I think this has really started to come through now mainstream while we started to use the word, you know, discovery session and complimentary session because we don't want to use the word appointment because that's the logical brain. Mm -hmm. But we want to make sure if we're confirming it, and this is the last golden nugget, and this is something easy that everyone can do here, is when you're confirming the appointment, very logical words, the word confirming is very serious, right? Mm-hmm. We want to change that language. So you could either reach out by a text message or by your email, and it might be it's a change in language. You just say, I'm really looking forward to seeing you tomorrow at time. Yep. Instead of saying, Hey, Samantha, tomorrow is the time that we're doing a one hour discovery call. I can't wait. Um, no, no, I, try. I, can't, I can't even get the, the good language out. <laughs> I'm so afraid. I'm just confirming your appointment tomorrow for our discovery call, right? Yeah. That would be what you do not want to do. Yeah. You want to be able to say, I can't wait to see you there. Just making sure you know this is the link. And it's it's coming from a place of service for them. Because if I'm confirming your appointment, it's about me. Yes. It's about my diary. I don't want you to stand me up. Instead, we want to flip it and say, we are so excited. I'm so excited to chat to you tomorrow. If you've got a little bit of information about X, Y, Z, and looking forward to seeing you then at 7 p.m., here's the links one more time. So everything's about that language. And that just helps you set up so you're good at good show rate. Mm. Word, I'll give you one rule because we're talking about show rates is have a look at your show rates. If you can just, if even if you don't work your KPIs and your, your stats, just look and count the past week and see if you have an 80% show rate. If you don't have an 80% show rate and you're in a serviced-based business, mm-hmm. that means you're not doing enough of what Samantha started this conversation with, is we're not setting it up well enough. Mm. So we've got to have more touch points there because industry standards for most industries that are service-based is about an 80% show rate for a discovery core complimentary session or a sales session. Mm, love that. And again, this is all coming back to that people want to be seen and heard and valued. Mm. That is the crux of everything that we're talking about here. But once you've done the setup and once you've done the meeting, I would love to hear your thoughts on follow-up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. And the reason I want to dive a little bit deeper in this is because there are, you know, where there's the rule of school, you should never, ever follow anyone up and then you should follow them up till the day they die. Where are you somewhere <laughs> in there? <laughs> okay. Follow-up for a lot of people is the F word. <laughs> <laughs> We'll say it's the follow-up. The follow-up is the F word, but we know the other F word that we're thinking of. The important thing, and this is every sales process is different, and what we actually do is we help to work out if you need a two-step sales process, a three-step sales process. Some people have a four-step sales person who can do it in just one style, which means they go from the discovery call or the consultation and then they do the presentation they ask right there. Some people, if they're a graphic designer or if it's a lawyer or if it's somebody that needs to then come out and quote to build something, it's a two-step process because they've got to go away, they've got to create it, they've got to come back. So that's important to know. But either way, the most important rule I can tell you with follow-up is to make it easy for yourself 
book it in there and there as soon as you know it's not a definite yes today. Oh, And I learned wow. this all the way back in the fitness industry days when I was selling. I would see, I don't know how many women a day, and this was a women's only health club, and we would see women after women after woman and woman. And then I had to start to write down on the back of their exercise application form just about them. Okay, Samantha, blonde hair. Oh, that's the dancer lady. She loves the car. She went to Adelaide. And I will write things to remember when I do my follow-up call. But then I go to do the call and I haven't told you I'm going to follow you up. Uh huh. So I yes. have not overcome the objection. You've said, hey, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to Adelaide next week. We've got a few things going. I really can't even commit to anything right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Just go and have a think about it and we can touch base soon. Uh I haven't set anything up. So now it changes the table, which we call I'm now the chaser. Mm -hmm. And to be chaser is very uncomfortable because you feel like you're desperate. Mm -hmm. So instead what we need to do is we need to be able to book that in to have the next conversation Mm. and it would go something like this. Let's just say if you said you need to think about it and let's just say you've got the Grand Prix going on and you're going to Adelaide, whatever it might be, I'll go, I totally understand. I need to think about things too. And, you know, it's a busy time of year, Samantha. We've got Christmas coming up. We've got so much on our plates. Look, how long do you think you need to think about it? Is it a couple of days? Is it a week? And what would you say? A week. Let's go with a week. A week. Yeah, Yeah. Okay, perfect. What about if we do this? What about if we organise a time to touch base again? I'm sure some questions are going to come up Mm -hmm. in the next week. So whoever you're going to talk to or just things now when we've stepped off the phone, there's things you're probably going to think, oh, I should have asked that. So let's touch base in a week's time and we can go through all the questions and we can see if it's a big yes and we can get moving forward and really build your business Mm -hmm. or if it's just in the right time. Yeah. So next week is Thursday. How's Thursday look for you? Is the morning good or the afternoon? And then alternative choice. you. Oh, yeah, afternoon's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, okay, beautiful. So afternoon, let's do the same thing. Let's jump on Zoom. Any questions you have, and then we can find out if it's a big juicy yes and we can just get you started. Love it. Yeah. And then it's all open. It's open communication. Mm-hmm. I just want to find out if it's yes. And then what happens is the person, either one, does show up, does have questions, And that's exactly what objections are. Objections are just questions. If we look at them differently, it's really just a question to find out more. And then we can reclose. Yeah, I love that. It's just, you know, it's it's taking that pressure away. The the golden rule is with follow-up as well is the longer you wait, the energy dies. Yes. Sales is around energy. What you do is around energy. How much you make is around energy. And you are building that energy when you are on that call, uh-huh. that very first call with them. You're building the desire. You're, you're feeling the emotion. They're seeing the value of your business. But they will start to go into more logical brain as time starts to pass. Mm. So normally I will always say, how long do you need to think about it? Is it a couple of days or, you know, would it be a week? I'm not going to say would it be a week or a couple of weeks because the week is the maximum. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The only reason why the pain will stay there is because they're in pain. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, totally. If their business is losing money or their staff aren't doing this or if let's just say in fitness, 
the person who keeps putting on their clothes going, oh, my God, summer's coming. I really need to join that gym. <laughs> the yeah. pain's still there. So it doesn't matter if it's a week later, two weeks later, the pain's really high. Yes. So that's just a couple of rules of thumb. Book it while you're on there. Offer them when do you want to touch base again. Sometimes you can feel, Samantha, you can feel it's just an overnight thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, is it tomorrow? Is it just a couple of days? And just give them that that alternative choice just to see how long is their decision-making continuum for themselves. Yeah, totally. And when you book that interview, not interview, when you book that call in with them. She's used to interviews because she does podcasts. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interview day today. It's just like interview on the mind. <laughs> but when you're booking in that, that follow-up, are you sending them some sort of like link straight away or an email yes. or a text yep. to say, hey, look, you know, really looking forward to that, make sure it's in your calendar? Mm-hmm. And are you doing things to also cover the objections or the questions that you've already heard? You know, sending case studies and that kind of thing is something, is that something that you promote at that time? You can do a few different things. If you want to build the, the no like trust, you can start to put them into a little funnel. So there's strategies that I call keep it warm strategies. Yeah. And it's like how to keep them warm, over, like especially if it's a week. You get some people that it needs to be a month, not that you would offer that, but if, you know. It happens. We can't help it. People sometimes go away and, you know, it's just not right for a month. There's things that you do want to do, which is if you see, you might see a book that you think that's going to be great for them. Let's just say if they've talked to you in the middle of that conversation, they've they've said they want to break a habit and then suddenly you go, oh, Atomic Habits, that's a fantastic book. Hey, Sam, I was thinking of you today and just saw this book, Atomic Habits. Check this out. See if you can download it on Audible. It's amazing. I know you said you want to break the habit of this. And you could just do things that are really thoughtful gifts, ideas, yep. or you could have a proper strategic funnel set up where it's keeping them warm Love it. and it is about giving them little tasters, like little golden nuggets about whatever it is, your genius zone. Yep. And we call them like little hot tips. So, hey, here's the hot tip. You could do definitely testimonials because that's the invisible sale. They see themselves uh-huh. in other people's stories. Yeah, but I do love just doing little random stuff as well, just that little text message or random email. We've got people that build houses and you know, do renovations and they do cool things as well. They go, hey, I was at Bunnings today and just saw this. Check this out. We could use this on your home. Like, you know, just little random things, which are beautiful random acts of kindness, but in the sales process. Yeah, so good. Now, you have mentioned a lot already around scaling. And one of the things that I know that you've done that a lot of coaches really want to do is get to the point where they're not doing all of their sales or all of their coaching. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the actual job is, but essentially it's that same thing. How do I replicate myself and make sure that, you know, the culture of the company, my brand, all of the things that I've worked really hard to build, how do I make sure that that stays consistent and I hand it off to someone else? Mm. I would love to hear your thoughts around how you've done this and some of the things that the listeners and as coaches can start to put into place now mm. to start to think about being able to to scale and to hand off some of those those jobs to other people. Yeah, yeah. First thing I feel everyone needs to hear is that you and your business have infinite potential. Mm. 
And when we are dreaming of scaling or feeling the pain of doing everything and knowing that we need people, that we are actually in the place of wasted potential. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is that you're wasting your fullest potential in what you can really do to grow that business. And you have infinite potential. And if you're able to be able to get your clients results, if you be able to grow a business, whatever it is that you're doing, it is replicatable. And everything that you do, and I can't think who said this saying first, whatever you do twice then needs to be turned into Mm. a process. You need that process. Mm -hmm. And nothing makes you scale faster then as soon as you hire someone, mm-hmm. because as soon as you hire someone or your next hire, you will realize what processes you need to get out of your head and onto paper or onto, obviously, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a pen and paper chick, but obviously we need it documented yeah, and have those methods and the systems in place. But I've forgotten the question that you asked now because I went on a different a different no, tangent. No, <laughs> you, you might have forgotten the question, but you've absolutely stayed spot on because it's about how do we replicate ourselves yes, and bring yeah. other people in and keeping that culture, keeping that that brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely the rule. Anything you do twice is worth process. It's, it's got to be a process because it's something that you're doing. And I think anything, what's what stops most people from putting a system and process in place is because they're too busy. But what it actually is truly is it's the pain versus the importance. Mm. If they say, hey, I am sitting in wasted potential now, this is what's painful. If I can get out of that and move into my infinite potential and that would create inspired action, Everybody could download their systems and processes because they just go, okay, this is what I do. When I sit down with a customer, this is what I do. When I take a payment, this is what I do. When I set up a contract, this is what I do. When I set up their payment gateway, this is what I do. When we do marketing, this is what I do. It's just choosing a category. But as soon as you go, okay, changing the energy of where your focus is will help flip the switch for you to just easily download it. Mm, Totally. And I think that one of the most frustrating things for me to hear, and I'm I'm absolutely 100% positive it frustrates you too. And I don't need, haven't even asked you this question <laughs> is when people say it's faster to do it myself. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It might be today, but in five years' time, how much time will you have saved? Yeah. I think it is the, you know, that faster to do it myself is one of the, <laughs> the biggest things that holds people back. Yeah. It's, I continually, continually, daily, weekly Sam learn this lesson (laughs) and have to remind myself because it is for me I'm a very impatient person and I'm training myself to not say I'm a fast-paced person where like it's not a badge of (laughs) honour I love to get things turned around quite fast Uh (laughs) in daily life my son I disenable him he's eight years old god bless him I disenable him if I try to do everything. Yeah. So even with what you're saying, taking it across in anywhere in life to embrace it because we've now got, you know, a fairly good-sized team 
and I do practice every day and I want to do it and I think it'd just be easier for me to do it by the time I write this in Slack, which is our communication channel, mm-hmm. I could have done this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it and write it because I want to not be the crux of the business. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with my son. It's like I will be not empowering him. I will not be enabling him if I clean his room. Believe me, I'm a clean freak. I have a cleaner coming every Thursday. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I say to him, I used to go in and clean all his bed up and everything and, you know, I've got to look beautiful in the morning and, you know, be on podcast shows and do whatever. <laughs> and I thought this is not helping me. Yeah. And this is something that needs his responsibility. So even in life, even in life with what you're saying, it's like how often are we doing it? Because really in the long run we want someone to do that. Mm-hmm. We've got to be patient, bite our top lip or bottom lip and just go through the grit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the, I think that, you know, if we were going to unpack that further, it is faster for us to do it the first time. But there's a couple of things at play. Number one, it takes practice to learn how to delegate faster and it is slower the first few times you do it until you get used to, you know, what is the information that I need to make sure that I get across. Mm. But Second, in what you were saying there is we also want our team to be empowered. So by us actually delegating a task once, it may mean that it empowers them to create a new system. Mm. That certainly happens for us. So in our team. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) Right? In our team, we don't want to be the ones, and I work with my husband too, we don't want to be the ones creating the systems. But our business is very systemized. I've got a background Mm. from McDonald's. That's that you know that's where the system that's where the systems are huge so we've created you know a system within our team mm-hmm. to create the systems as they come in mm-hmm. if there's something that yeah. comes through we I'll just share this quick story we had a client that we onboarded just last week and he said this is all really great but what i would really like is this service this service this service as well and i just went yep yeah, we can do that and he went oh you know, and the team afterwards said to me, you said, what? You know what? I was on the phone with him Monday. By Thursday, it was systemized. We are now able to take on more clients with that same service Mm -hmm. because our team knows how to create a system quickly and what it means for that system. And you build that muscle. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Muscle. And the other thing is when we delegate, it's always sit in the place of your staff staff members, your team, whatever you want to call them, they do not want to fail. Mm -hmm. They actually love being handed something new and they actually want to do their best to not fail. Correct. And it builds their strength. Like you're saying, they might not do it great the first time, but they will build that muscle to get it better and better. And I love that you're saying that those systems, and this is exactly like, gosh, my VAs in the background, they're incredible. They've got every strength that I don't have. Yeah, they do this, they do that. Their Zapier is their best friend. I hear that name every day. Zapier, we're going to integrate this. And I'm like, I love you guys so much. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just not my strength. Yeah, yeah, I love that so much. Look, I have absolutely loved chatting with you, Annette. For people that have listened to this and just like, I have to stay connected with Annette, how can people find you, stay connected and learn more about, you know, what it is that you're doing? Yeah, sure. Look, where I'm very active at the moment is the Herpreneur podcast show. So go check that out. Go subscribe and come join me. Do it every fortnight at the moment, ladies, because I've got enough going on. And I was saying to Sam, look, 
fortnight's where it is at the moment. This is where it's still fun for me. And I'm very active on Instagram as well, which is Annette underscore Lakovich. And it sounds like it's a H, V-I-C-H, but it's V-I-C, like a Vic is how it looks like it sounds. But come hang out with me there, ladies, and let's just get to know each other a bit more. I do a lot of inspirational posts around female entrepreneurs. So if you're a woman in business, I think you would love my Instagram page and love the Herpreneur podcast show. Look, I can honestly say the podcast is fantastic. I absolutely love listening to the podcast. So definitely go and take a listen. We will pop all those links over at influencedbydesignpodcast.com so that you can head on over there at just one click of the button. I used to say the mouse, but now we do half the clicks with just our finger. (laughs) I'm just showing my age. (laughs) Annette, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today and thank you for coming and sharing your genius with us. Thanks so much, Samantha. It's been great to be on the show. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.